Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Teach us to realize the brevity of life. This is Moses writing a, a, a prayer, a psalm in Psalm 8. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach class is in session this week. All right, we're going to school and, and Moses is saying, hey, teach me time management. How can I tell time? You thought you knew how to tell time, but Moses is saying, God, you teach me. So here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. What class do you wish they would have taught in school. So you answered earlier, hey, here's the class that I can teach, but what class do you wish they would have taught in school? Moses, he's saying, hey, I wish they would have taught me how to tell time. All right, so what, uh, uh, Rendell, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting people to join us for church today. I appreciate that. I appreciate each and every one of you sharing a message of hope today. What class do you wish uh, they would have taught? Lynn says Perspective 101. Yeah, uh, they don't teach that. Um, How about how to teach your kids, how to homeschool your kids in a pandemic, huh? I mean, some of you, you got teenagers in the house and you're like, it was a win just to get them out of bed, like teach them a subject. Are you kidding me? Like, just be glad they're not dead. All right. Um, it's tough out there for, for, for parents. Um, you might be like, I got trying to get a workstation. You got 20 emails that have come across. You're trying to figure out this link isn't working. Like where, where's that? Where's that class? Uh, Michelle, said taxes and finances. Cindy says uh, finances as well. Um, Rick says common sense. So (laughs) yeah. Um, Shelly says self-worth and value class. How about uh, we talked to Emily and and Elizabeth. How about for teachers? Teachers during this time. How about, hey, how to teach online? And I feel for you right now, teachers, because not only are you trying to reach the students and figure out how to do the things there. You also, and you you know that you got parents that are in your class right now. They're they can't they're off camera. You can't see them. Oh, but they're listening. And now all of a sudden, you don't got just the parent who's like, um, you know, all up in your business. No, they're in your class right now. That's a lot. That's a lot of pressure to handle. Um, Scott, how to raise kids, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> how to deal with parents like Mike. Hey, I'm supportive, man. How about this? All right, right back at you. How to how to be a, a how to pastor a church during a pandemic? They didn't teach that one in cemetery. I mean, in seminary. Um, how do you pastor a church? Well, you're, you might be saying, what the heck? does this have to do with um, time? Teach, teach me, teach me about the brevity of life. We don't got much time here. Um, what does time have to do with comparison? We'll bring it back around here. 
But um, as you're answering that question, so many of us, so many of us, especially when it comes to church, we want to go back to normal. I, I just want to go back to the way it was. And I'm not convinced that the way it was was the way it was, was meant to be. Like the way it was, if we compare church to the way it was pre-pandemic, if we compare that to the past 200 years, maybe it would have been normal compared to the past 200 years. Like, okay, if, if church was, we go to a building, we sing three songs, someone gets up and talks, and then we all pat ourselves on the back and, and leave, then maybe that's what we're used to with church. But I'm, I, I, we may even do that at Freedom, but that is, that is not church. That is, that is not church. Churches go. Churches be the church. And we know this at Freedom. I'm so grateful for this church who you get that. Thank you, Jan. Uh, but I, I you, you know this, that it is not this scripted thing. In fact, watch this. I want to just bring this up. I saw this too uh, this week. Let me go ahead and bring the question down. Nope, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Look at this first church. In a couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to do a new series, and we're going to look at this first church. I think the series is going to be called Unmute Yourself. All right, click the unmute button. All right, look at the, we're going to look at the first church, and we're going to click that unmute button. And, and these guys, they were just gotten beaten up. They just got flogged. They said, stop talking about Jesus. Do not say his name. Do not teach about him. And not only did they get told that, they got beat up for it. And it says that the apostles, the apostles, um, they, they, let me bring that down. The apostles left the high council rejoicing. Okay, they got beat up, got told to shut up. They, they left rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer the disgrace for the name of Jesus. Now, if I'm just going to pick on Christianity today. If you if if that was Christianity today, it wouldn't be rejoicing, it would be revolting. The, the Christians would have been revolting and um saying, "No, down with the government, down with the structure." No, no, no. These guys said, "Oh, you're put you're putting us in a cage. Awesome. We get to suffer with Jesus." Because they're going and they're being. And that's not even what I wanted to preach about. Is Every day in the temple, all right, they were, the temple was the hub of Jerusalem. They just all gathered around there. So they started seeing each other. All right. We don't see each other all the time physically, maybe at Smith's when we cross paths and we're going down the aisle the wrong way. And we're like, Hey, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. And whatever. Um, we see each other online on Facebook and we're encouraging one another on freedom online. But then, but then from house to house, Church compared, co church compared to right now, we may have never looked more like the church. House to house. We're doing freedom at home. One of the weaknesses of Freedom Church right now is relationships, building these connections, and we're meeting home to home. I don't mind spending a little time at home with you talking about Jesus. I don't mind spending a little bit of time at home, you with your kids, talking to them about Jesus. House to house. We may have never looked more like the church than right now. I want you to see this. And they continued. We haven't stopped. Church hasn't stopped. They continued to unmute themselves 
and teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Let's get excited. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Get excited. Jesus is the Messiah. What's the Messiah? The anointed one. He's the one. The one you're looking for. You're in that chase for more. Jesus is the one. Get fired up. Don't leave me hanging. I'm in a closet by myself right now, but I know we're in this together in spirit. Whoo! I haven't even got, that's just my introduction. How do we not compare? <laughs> How do we not compare? Well, we know this. We know this. It's like chasing carrots. It's like chasing carrots. We talked about this last week. Solomon wrote this in Ecclesiastes 4. Then I observed most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. It's a good motivator. But this too is meaningless. He says it's a chasing after the wind. And you know this. You get the job promotion. That, that whatever was next, you, you hit it. You move to the new job. You move to the new city. You got the new house. Whatever was next, you had that vacation, that thing that was next. You got married and that thing that was next, that thing you thought was going to satisfy. They're not bad, but in the end, it left you empty and wanting more. It was like chasing the wind. It was like chasing a carrot. Solomon could have been writing this yesterday. No, this was thousands of years ago. What's next we know does not satisfy. And comparison is this silence assassin deep in our souls and it undermines our relationships. It steals us of our joy and it gets us distracted from our purpose. This pressure to measure up, this pressure to, to, to feel significant. It, we don't talk about it, but boy, do we sure feel it. We're going to talk about it today. I'm going to give you some hope today. All right. Um, five things that I want to, or I got four things that I want to go through today. And um, we'll talk about this more on Monday Motivation too. So uh, we'll, we'll hit some of this throughout, throughout the week. Um, Alexis, hey, good to see you. Good to see you and Mario today. I'm glad you guys are joining in. Uh, from San Antonio, Heather and Doug and Seth, looks like you guys had a great one uh, yesterday, albeit a hot one, but man, it's good to see you. Um, go at, Hey, everybody, I'm telling you, the comments are better than the sermon. Jump on in. Don't, don't be passive. Don't be, oh, I'll just go back to normal. No, let's, we are here together. Um, so thank you guys for jumping in, spreading hope. We, we need some hope today. Um, here's a question I want to ask you. Who are you racing against that doesn't know they're in a race? You need to identify these triggers in your life. Who, in this comparison game, in this race, in this, who, who are you racing against that doesn't know they're in a race? You want to know for me? It's my neighbor down the street. Don't even know his name. He doesn't even know my name, but, but we're in a race. It started um, a little while ago when this house down the block went for sale for $800,000. 
it's a beautiful house. I'm not against having a big house or a, I, I like it, right? I, I, I didn't, it looked like I had a great view. I think there's a hot tub in the back, has a mountain view, has a great view of the valley. I'm like, dude, this is an awesome house. Then you see these two giant moving trucks move in. Like, oh man, so, you know, that's a nice house. Then the brand new truck, GMC Sierra, that's in the same exact color that I want, pulls up in that driveway. And then I notice, okay, I go to church on Sundays. I love church, but I started to notice a few Sundays, several Sundays after they moved in, that I'm going to church and he's loading up some kayaks in that pickup truck. He's loading some canoes. He's going fishing. He's going camping. Now, I don't kayak. I don't go camping, but it looks amazing. He's got all the toys. And then he's got kids, and I see that they got all the toys. I, like I saw his garage door once open up, and I, I could see all the toys there, all right? I'm, this guy's in a race with me, and he doesn't even know he's, he's in a race. Who's in a race <laughs> against you that they don't even know that they're, they're racing? Uh, this this starts even at a young age. My my uh, my oldest had his birthday this weekend, turned eight, and my youngest he was sad last night. I was like, Charlie, what's going on? He's like, Well, well, Maya, Maya's he's always he's always older than me. Like he was so upset that his older brother was always going to be older than him. And I they they are constantly in this competition together on who has more, or who's better at something like this, ladies. You got to be great at a million and one things, but you got to make it look like you're doing nothing. This pressure to perform, this pressure to present. Who's in a competition against you and they don't even know that they're competing? It could be the, the husbands. Like, uh, I love This Is Us, Jack Pearson, all right? And, and ladies, you might be looking at your husband and saying, he's not Jack. Well, I'm going to tell you, nobody's Jack. Jack Pearson doesn't exist, all right? Um, you look at, you're like, who's Jack Pearson? Just I, whoever that is in, on a movie screen, and you're like, I can't measure up to the notebook. I can't write letters every single day. Well, it's non, it's not fiction. It's fiction. This is a, a pressure. Is it, is it, maybe it's you, you compare yourself and you envy the dad who has the star pitcher on the other little league team. I like, I could just keep digging and digging and digging and I would find your insecurity. And the point of this, the point of this is finding out what's going on in the heart because finding the trigger is going to reveal really, this is a heart issue, right? Comparison, comparison exposes the heart. So I want to ask this question. What kind of, put this in the comments, what kind of feelings, what kind of feelings um, does comparison lead to? If it exposes the heart, uh, what kind of feelings? Uh, Rendell, uh, my peers at work. Yeah, and it can trigger, and I, I don't work with you at work, but I also know a lot of people who, who work with you and, and like, um, I, sorry to pick on you, Rendell, but no, they, they like envy you, like, right? So everybody, we have these own thoughts that go on in our head and they, they, they also reveal our, our hearts. Thank you for your transparency, Rendell. I, I, I really do. I appreciate that. And if we, don't, if we don't wrestle with these things, if we really don't wrestle and grasp, like people, 
teenagers are struggling with suicidal thoughts over this stuff. In Los Alamos, we have like this stress competition. Oh, you have three AP tests this sem or this classes this semester and you got three tests and four writing assignments in the first week? Well, that's nothing. <laughs> I got four AP tests. I got, uh, um, I got some essays and I got all these extracurricular activities that I'm doing and we think whoever's more stressed is more successful. And it couldn't be wrong, more wrong. And, and people um, can, can, these feelings of resentment, these feelings of jealousy that I am not enough, feeling defeated, envy, uh, can take us to some dark places. So we got to wrestle with these things. We got to wrestle with these things. And it exposes the heart. Look at this, First Samuel, when Samuel... Uh, said, hey, Saul, you're not going to be the king anymore. And God said, hey, you're going to, Samuel, you're going to be the one that, that selects the next king. And it's David. David was going to be the next king, but David was this young teenager shepherd. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not judge by appearance or height. Saul, the first king, if you don't know anything about that story, he was tall, good looking. He, by outward appearance, he was the king. He was not the man. David, he said, David. So I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things you see him. Just let that one sink right in, right there. That's a word for you from God. The, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them right now. There's something else that's happening. People judge by outward appearance. Oh, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, dirty little secret when it comes to comparison. We actually like it. Come on now. You get, you get some satisfaction from the extra attention when you compete and when you win. You, you like the attention you get when you get the success. We, this comparison game does pay off. Why is it still there? It pays off. It's a dirty little secret behind it that we kind of like it. We kind of want it. You get what is that twinge of satisfaction when, when I see that ding on the on my neighbor's truck? What is what is that? Hmm? Jesus would say, "I know, I know. It's the heart. <laughs> it's it's revealing the heart in this comparison." Comparison can lead to resentments. And I don't, I'm not a resentful person, so I need to justify my resentment so I'm safe. All right? You need to understand this, this part of our interaction. We start to resent. Well, if I was materialistic like that guy, then I would have all the toys too. Right? And, or, or hey, the, they have the perfect workstation for their kids. They got all the charts and this calendar and the schedule and everything looks amazing for their kids, for their homeschool. But I, I, I guarantee you their kid's going nuts. Like there's no kid that's sitting at that station doing all their work. And, you know, I'm having this mind game. I got to justify my resentment, right? And what is happening, what is happening in your mind is you're dehumanizing people. Hello, politics. Hello, media. They are dehumanizing people. And so again, we got to work on this. 
you know this, but I'm, I'm starting to see that there's some things that are in my heart that are a little bit dark, that are a little bit twisted. Jesus exposes these things in us, not to shame us, but to make us better. So how can I get rid of this? How can I let go um, with this? I want to give you four things today. Okay, four things. And the first one is this. God can bless both. Put this one in the comments. Sometimes you just got to say things out loud. Sometimes you got to type them. You can think a million things, but he only gave you one mouth to say it out loud. Put it in the comments. And so you can remember this, write it down in the notes. God can bless both. This has been so helpful for me in dealing with comparison. All right. The verse uh, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do things, the good things he's planned for us long ago. I want to talk about this verse. First is you are God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. That person you're dehumanizing is God's masterpiece. So I, God can bless both. I deal with this on the ministry side of things, okay? You would think, you would hope that all churches are on the same page, on the same team, high-fiving each other, way to go. But dirty little secret, we compare. There's another church in town that's, that's starting to grow or starting to explode or some, some talk or they get some, some publicity in the newspaper or something like that. And this little twinge inside says, I should start comparing myself. Are we doing enough? What's going on? You know, and all this comparison game going. And I've stopped myself. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Rick. And I said this, God can bless both. Sometimes I just got to stop myself when I get in this comparison cycle and I'm chasing carrots and say, God can bless both. I don't have to resent people. I don't have to avoid people. I don't have to talk bad about people. And that leads me to this, the, the second um, thing that I want to say is when I realize that God can bless both, I'm not in competition with other churches. I'm not territorial. I'm not resentful. Now I can celebrate with you. When something good happens for you, ladies, your sister looks good in that dress, tell her. You want, you want to defeat comparison and let go. Very practically, you start celebrating things in people's lives. The person who you're, 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 you're jealous against or envy or you're not feeling like you measure up, celebrate that person. Get that toxicity out. Your brother-in-law has that nice new car. That truck that you've been wanting, tell them. That someone built the house of your dreams, of your dreams, and they're younger than you. How dare they? Tell them. If somebody did something good and you can't find it within yourselves to celebrate alongside with them, hmm, there's your heart. Something is exposed in there. So if they did something good, celebrate. And you're like, well, I don't feel like celebrating right now. Are you telling me not to be me? No, but I'm, I'm saying this, emotion follows motion. I may not feel like it, but I also know my feelings. They're terrible guides on this race. And so I know my emotions will follow emotions. So that's been so helpful. God can bless both. And I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to be a celebrator of life. 
My goodness, you want a Facebook hack right now. Be a celebrator of people. See something good, celebrate it. There, they, the, our, our world, our culture needs so much hope right now. And so don't, we did this in the Love Los Alamos campaign. Some of you guys have done this and you've seen that we don't use Facebook as a toy. If you use it as a toy to, to just spill, here's, here's my random thoughts for the day. Here's this news article. Here's that. Here's that. Here's this meme or whatever. And you can do all those things or whatever, but I'm not going to use it for a toy. I'm going to use it for a tool. When you start celebrating people, when you use it as a tool to give out hope and encouragement and inspire other people, all of a sudden it takes a turn. You want to, how do I do that? How do I do that? Um, this week, random Facebook hack. Don't you want to clean up your newsfeed and all the junk and drama? Start uh, by not liking anybody's comments. Don't like a single comment. Don't like anything. Like, well, what what comment? If you like it, don't like it, right, Michelle? And I, I, I uh, Michelle Brown. I know we had, we had talked about this before. If you do, so you're saying if you like it, don't like it. Yeah, comment on it. Celebrate people. Celebrate people. Be a celebrator. Third thing. Third thing that I want you to know. Um, I want you to know who you are. Know who you are. Now. In this, in this series where we've been answering your top questions, okay, today we're talking about comparison. Last week we talked about perfectionism. The week before we talked about shame, all right? These are the top six, but you guys asked a bunch of questions. We said vote on them. We got over 200 and some odd votes, and these three were in the top six. Answer this question for me. As you, if you were a pastor, if you're looking at this and say this is what people are, are questions are, what would this what would this tell you what would this tell you god has created us anew to do the good things he's planned for us long ago what what would this what would these subjects tell you hebrews 12:1 says therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to life of faith let us strip away every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I'm a, when I look at what we're dealing with, what I'm dealing with, questions we're asking, right now I, I get a, a sense that we don't know who we are. In fact, when we look at ourselves, we hate ourselves. Next week, we're asking the top most asked question, can I be a Christian and still struggle with the same sin? We are wrestling with some shame and some guilt and some things that we don't like about ourselves. And I'm telling you, that's not how God sees you. That's not how God sees you. That's not how God sees you. God doesn't look at things like you see them. He looks at the heart and you may look at you and not like you but i'm telling you right now i'm telling you that's not how therefore since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses god has a race for you think about this think about this what what's the therefore therefore hebrews 11 talks about it's like this hall of fame of faith you got moses 
You got Rahab, you got David, you got Noah, you got like all these giants of the faith, Gideon and stuff like that. You're like, I could never measure up to those guys. Wait, time out. Those, look at those guys wouldn't be hired on any church staff. All right. Moses, if we did a, if we did a fact check, background check on him, murderer, Rahab, prostitute, Noah, oh yeah, Noah, you built that ark and everything, which is awesome, but you also got drunk and went streaking. All right, look it up, it's in there. Not getting hired. Look at the the disciples who Jesus started this church with. I don't want Peter in the kids' ministry, okay? Um, Paul, who's writing a bunch of the New Testament, murderer. You got to know who who you are. You've got a race to run. Are are you so special that everybody else has a race to run, that God has a purpose for their life, but not you? Not you. Mm. Teach me. Teach me. God, teach me. Bring me classes in session. Teach me the brevity of of life. You got purpose. You don't got much time. You got purpose, but but you don't have much time. Tick, 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 tick. If you love somebody, tell them today. Be a celebrator. If you need to apologize to somebody today, reach out. And tell you don't got much time. I'm just gonna wait to get things back to normal, then then I'll do no. You don't got much time. This is now. Right here, right now. God has something in store for you today. Teach me the brevity of life compared to eternity. We don't got much time, and God has something for you today. You Bob Goff said, we don't, if, when we don't get distracted by comparison, if we're captivated by purpose, Bob Goff said, if we don't get distracted by comparison, if we're captivated by purpose, I don't have much time. I'm not waiting to get back to normal. Let me end it with this. How would you define success? As we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility you endured from the sinful people, and you won't become weary and give up. Don't give up. If you define success by earthly success, like don't, like know who you are. Don't be defined by the world anymore. Don't let the world define success because if that's the case, Jesus was the most, one of the most successful leaders of all time. When he died, he had virtually no followers. His best friends deserted him. One of them betrayed him and backstabbed him and sold him out. But when humanity was at its worst, God was at his best for you, for me, and it was all on purpose. 
to say, no, this was, this was why I came. This was success. This was the mission all along. And when Jesus hung on that cross and when he took his last breath, the last thing, he said, it is finished, completed for you, for me. Don't give up in this race. Don't be defined by, by what others define as success. And the fourth thing I want you to know is that God is the reward. Compared to whatever it is that you're chasing and you're wanting, you have God. That, this idea, this chase for more, is not a problem to be solved. It is a tension to be managed. In fact, we, God has purposely put that want and craving for more inside of you. So I'm not saying it's bad to want more, but it was always, always, always meant to be filled by Jesus. Everything has been pointing for Jesus. So when you're craving for more, I would say don't ignore it. That's the thumbprint of God on your life. And when you compare that to eternity, when you compare that to eternity, oh, 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 look at this, look at this. Revelation 21, I did not see the temple in the city. Let me go back up to 17. The angel, they're, me- they're looking at heaven. The angel measured the wall using human measurements, and it was 144 cubits thick. Pause. Human measurement. Don't measure things by human measurements. Success, appearance, approval. You will always get it wrong. What's it made of? It was made of jasper, city of pure gold, pure glass. This city, it's like I I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and its lamb are the temple. You don't need to seek approval and measure yourself by approval. You are already approved. You get God. And, and while we, in a sense, we don't get Him fully yet, like it is still to be revealed. There's still a mystery. But I'm telling you, what you're suffering now is nothing compared to eternity. That city does not need the sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And on no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does anything shameful or deceitful Oh, I'm not going to compare and put other things up above God. I'm going to get my, uh, teach me a class on, on priorities. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life? The ones who know that Jesus is the Messiah. He's everything you've been wanting. Everything you've been craving and looking for has been found in Jesus. You've been measuring with a stick with, by human standards. You've been chasing carrots. You've gone to whatever's next, and it's never satisfied. And now you're starting to see that was God the whole time. 
He let me feel that emptiness to say, hey, that's not going to satisfy. That's not going to satisfy. That's not going to satisfy. I've had it all. Oh, God, you're the reward. That's why Jesus says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. When I'm comparing, God can bless both. And in fact, he wants to bless both. And that's a beautiful thing. So I'll celebrate. I'll celebrate the good in your life. I'm going to be a celebrator this week. Some of y'all need to get on Facebook right now and go find that post, that one you kind of dehumanize someone on and go celebrate and say, good job. That's awesome. Emotion will follow motion. Know who you are. Run your race. You have a race. Make sure it's the right one. You've been running the wrong one and it comes up empty. The, the race that Jesus has for you, run it one step at a time and knowing and trusting that God is my reward. Why Jesus? Why Jesus? Because these guys, they saw him live his life and how he lived it. He lived it in the present, but he also lived it on purpose. They saw him die and then they saw him alive again. And they realized when I, when I follow Jesus, Oh, the joy, the peace, the patience, chaos all around. We're being flogged. We're getting persecuted. We're getting beat. We're house to house right now. But Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the one, the anointed one. Teach me the brevity of life. We don't got much time. You're not promised tomorrow. Today's your day. Today's your day to take your next step. I don't know what that is for you. I hope God spoke to you. He spoke to me, and I'm going to read your comments, and I want to encourage you throughout the week as I read your comments and do different things. Maybe your next step is, is to give your life to Christ, which I'm going to ask you to do in a minute. Maybe it's to get baptized. Maybe it is to be a host home. Maybe it's to, to move but make sure you're checking your heart. What's your motives behind it? Jesus, are you calling me to this? He's got a great plan for you, and we want to take those next steps together. Freedom, would you pray with me? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.